Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. There's a hurricane coming, and I bet it won't blow as much as this show does. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, uh, coming to you just a couple days before we will have Hurricane Florence here. So uh, if you follow me on Facebook, you'll see my uh, my picture of my provisions that are all ready to go. So we're all set. Uh, not much to worry about here except for a lot of rain and then some wind because we are about 200 miles inland. So all should be good here. Uh, but <laughs> hopefully we don't lose power and I don't have to burn candles and uh, smoke and drink and sit around and do nothing for a couple of days. Uh, anyway, uh, on tonight's show in Pipe Parts, we're going to talk about, uh, do a review of Haddo's Delight from uh, GLPs. I've been working on this one for a while, and I'll tell you more about that. Uh, in the uh, my guest is uh, pipe maker Brad Kanak, and uh, Brad's also sent us some music. So we've got a uh, a pipe maker, musician, guest, and music all in one. Uh, and then mailbag music, and uh, instead of a rant, more of an observation. So that's coming up on tonight's episode of the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. Uh, if you are coming to the Kansas City Pipe Show, I will be there. I will have a table, and if you come up to my table and tell me I love the Pipes Magazine radio show, you'll get a free gift just for stopping by and saying that, so make sure to come by and see my table. Uh, I'll also be at the uh, uh, at the West Coast Pipe Show where I will have a table and we'll be doing the same thing, so make sure if you see me at a table, just come by and say, I love the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, and it'll also be fun to see you. So uh, looking forward to those shows. I will not be able to make it to the uh, to the Richmond core uh, core pipe gathering, whatever they're calling it. Uh, we've got family plans that had family plans already and uh, will not be there. But from what I can tell, it's looking like it'll be a good time. If you need any more information about upcoming pipe shows or events, go to pipesmagazine.com and click on uh, pipe shows or whatever that link is there. So, all right, let's get the show rolling. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. And I'm pretty sure we'll get to see uh, Phil Morgan at the uh, Kansas City Pipe Show because it's you know just across the state from him in uh, Washington, Missouri, uh, and that you know, Missouri is the proper redneck way to pronounce Missouri. All right, GLPs is Haddo's delight, and uh, the reason I the reason I wanted to review this one is because, of course, I love Virginia Perique, so I'm looking for more to uh, you know to fall in love with and to buy and stockpile. Uh, now, here's the description on uh, TobaccoReviews.com, and it says, Haddo's Delight is a stout blend of several Virginia tobaccos with a generous measure of long-cut Perique, unflavored Green River Black Cavendish, and a little air-cured white Burley Ribbon provide fullness, body, and a bit of extra strength. Finally, an exclusive process darkens and marries the mixture and gives the blend a subtle tin aroma of cocoa and dried fruit. The flavor is full on the palate, earthy, slightly sweet, and intriguingly piquant with overtones of figs and raisins. A wonderful blend for the Perique lover. And now, Haddo's Delight goes back to August of 2000, back when I was a young guy and uh, Greg was, well, Greg was still Greg. Uh, Greg was never a young guy, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so here's, you know, of course it comes in the nice two ounce can. So you get a, uh, you get a little bit bigger amount. And when I opened it, 
my first thing was, wow, it's really packed in there tight. Uh, I bought a tin at the Columbus Pipe Show that was dated uh, February of 2017. And the tin that I worked out of was dated March of 2018. Uh, both of them were packed really tight. Uh, one comment that I do have is that, you know, it seemed like there was like the moisture level was a little higher than what, uh, what I, I think it should have been. So I worked on drying it down a little bit, tried smoking it. It's a very pliable, very, uh, uh, very spongy kind of a blend full of some absolutely beautiful long cut leaves. Uh, there is no skimping, no little tiny cuts of anything. And uh, it packs relatively easy because of that long ribbon cut. Uh, the chunks of, uh, of the unsweetened black Cavendish, you'd have to be careful and not get them right at the bottom of the bowl or they might plug it up. Uh, easy to light, easy to smoke. In, uh, you know, in along with the, uh, with the Perique and the Virginias, I am getting what is what some people might call a piquant flavoring. And picture kind of a cross between, uh, you know, maybe like a, a very sweet, uh, a very sweet liqueur flavor, uh, where you get a little bit of those high notes from the alcohol. Uh, but compared to, in comparison to like a an Escudo or some of the McClellan Virginia Periques, there's a little more high notes in this, which is interesting. Uh, it's not just all that, all those low notes and those, and those heavy flavors. There is a mixture of stuff going on in here. Uh, now I would suggest anybody that smokes it, you know, do dry it down a little bit. Let it, let it have some time out in the air and, uh, make sure that all the, uh, all the big chunks are there. I enjoyed this more in a larger pipe and I think I enjoyed it more in a group five or so pipe because of uh, because of the amount of the mixture and because of the uh, because of the moisture, uh, it just seemed like it handled it better than a than a very small pipe would. Uh, the tin from that's a year and a half old. I opened it up yesterday. I've had two bowls out of it, and again, it was starting to bulge the tin. So I'm uh, <laughs> I'm a little interested in it. The the uh, because it's only been open for a day or so and only been into a few times that, uh, liqueur flavor kind of is, is a little more prominent in it. I would imagine that would burn off. Uh, and it has burned off a little bit easier. I've only smoked two bowls out of that one, but I do have a tin that I'm, uh, waiting for the right moment. And this one is, uh, four years old. In fact, four years old as of yesterday. Um, and again, it's bulging. You really can't hear anything inside moving around, so you know it's not dry. Uh, but I think this might be a great blend at four or five years old. Uh, I think, again, whatever it is, I'm going to let it air out once I open it. Uh, quickly, if we go to tobacco reviews for some of the, uh, for a positive review, uh, we go to DK, who reviewed this uh, two years ago. Well, no, five years ago, sorry. Uh, and it says, this is one of those tobaccos that I knew from the first couple of puffs would become a favorite. The tin aroma reminded me of the brandy flavoring in Barbary Coast, which I enjoyed. It should be noted that I rated this as mild to medium in the flavoring category, but to be truthful, the nose of it was mild to medium. The flavor came out in the smoke, but was on the mild side. Uh, the Perique feel is strong in that it definitely tickles the nose and the back of the throat, but the Perique flavor is a simple enhancer. The Virginias played the lead role to my taste, and the Perique and brandy or rum or whatever were vocal backseat drivers. Excellent body to this one, and it was just a fun smoke as long as I didn't overdo it, as the, uh, as the nicotine could be a bit over the top in larger bowls I favor. Uh, the flavors did a lot of dancing and were brazen, almost to the point of haughtiness. Boy, he's using a lot of big words in here. Uh, but it was all in fun. A complex smoke. This can also be smoked as a desert island blend to, re uh, uh, as a dessert blend to relax me after a tough day. Uh, as much as I enjoyed Barbary Coast, this variation on that theme struck me as superior, and I immediately bought a 16-ounce tin. 
The only downside to this is that it will it willfully smote any attempts at DGT. Uh, it simply didn't like being extinguished and relit hours later. Uh, the delayed gratifi- gratification technique. Uh, but that's okay. I don't often DGT. Uh, I love this review, but I will remind people this is why I hate little, uh, you know, little abbreviations and stuff like that. Uh, anyway, he didn't rate it as uh, as a as strong as uh, as strong as it as it came off in the description. But at the same time, you know what? I didn't think it was quite as strong as uh, as it was in the description either. All right, uh, comments or questions? Uh, either way, my to sum this up, great alternative to the uh, to a Scudo, you know, different flavors in there, and yet still the same satisfying taste to me. So, all right, we'll be back with Brad Kanak in just a minute. This is Internet Radio. What are you looking for in a pipe? Is it the quality of aged briar? Is it a certain shape or finish? Maybe it's the sound engineering that ensures an effortless, smooth draw with each and every puff. That's exactly the kind of pipe Savinelli has delivered for generations now. With such a variety of shapes, finishes, and sizes, it's easy to find something that fits your sensibility and style. Just this year, we've expanded our lineup to include the Bianca, the Lancelotto, the 2015 collection, and the final installment in the Leonardo da Vinci line, the Vitruvio. For a bolder style, try our more colorful 2015 editions as well. The exotic cashmere, the sultry licoricea, and the striking archipelago red. So whatever you're looking for in a pipe, know there's a Savinelli waiting for you. Contact your local or online retailer to find your Savinelli today. Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining us is a, uh, a pipe maker, musician, and uh, and I, I'll I'll tell you, Brad, your your music is you're going to be the first one on the Pipes Magazine radio show history for that genre in particular. But uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but pipe maker Brad Kanak, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Well, thanks, Brian. How are you doing? Uh, you know, anytime I get to sit down and smoke a pipe and talk about pipes, I'm, you know, just fat, dumb, and happier. Uh, yes, right on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, did you uh, grow up in Wisconsin, land of cheese, brats, and beer? Yes, all my life in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, actually. And, and where where is that? Because it's not Milwaukee, so none of us know anything about that. Oh, well, I'm about uh, three hours above Madison. <laughs> towards the twin cities oh god so you're you're like way up there in really cold country yes thankfully oh okay well um (laughs) yeah i'm looking forward to winter my idea of winter is a high of 65 and a low of 45 and i guess you guys call that summer yes exactly (laughs) yeah (laughs) All right, so so growing up there in the Arctic tundra, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, I guess a musician. When, that would be it. When did music when did music start and what do you play? Well, when I was 12, I heard metal and at 16, I was given a bass guitar for Christmas and spent most of my time in my room playing that for years. Wow, so we're talking like like real metal, like Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax? Yeah, that was about what it was then. And then, you know, it got really into the heavy thrash after that. All right, for those that aren't familiar with it, what are some of the bands and what defines heavy thrash versus heavy metal versus, uh, I guess my era is more Bon Jovi and Van Halen, so <laughs> sorry, I'm not well, I'm not man enough for you. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, I've listened to all that as well. But um, when it first was, it was Metallica. When Ride the Lightning came out, that changed my whole opinion on music in general. But Black Sabbath, that's probably the heaviest thing I've ever heard back in the day. And I like my favorite bands are like Voivod, Black Sabbath, and, you know, things like that. But everything, I like it all, pretty much. So were you in a, in a band in high school? 
we tried yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's what we pretty much did every day after school sometimes at like six to eight hours a night and uh, wrote some songs and after high school we started playing shows that was a trip so you were i mean were you actually did you go out on the road and do a little traveling with the band or local yeah not too far with the first band you know we'd go into minnesota play uh you know at minnesota bars and around the area but not too far not until older yeah all right but that was so how big did your uh, did your band or music career get well, it got about big enough till I realized I needed to make some money, and so I went to college. <laughs> well, technical college, yeah. So that was that then. But I always played music on the side, you know. What in the in the technical college was there a pipe making class? Oh, I wish I didn't even know what a pipe was back then. No, <laughs> I went for electronics because it was the longest course they had, and my parents said I didn't have to have a job and I could live at home as long as I was in college. So I took the longest course possible. Uh, all right, note to note to parents out there: don't say that because they may take <laughs> you up on it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it worked for me. So. All right. So when when does uh, pipe smoking come into your life? Well, I guess it would be when my wife was pregnant. I uh, I drove my 79 Ford to the liquor store to get some beer and smokes, and something changed in me, and I saw a Missouri, uh, Missouri Meerschaum, a corncob pipe, and it looked great. I thought it would fit good in my truck, so I got that and bought some Carter Hall, of Ooh. all things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I loved it. It was it, I loved it. Smoked that for quite some time, but the cigarettes have always been with me, too. Well, when so when was that? How many years ago was the was the uh, was the corn cob pipe? To the year two thousand, so eighteen years now. All right, so you're not you're not one of those young. You, I mean, you didn't just happen to be on YouTube in the last five years and fell in love with the with a you know with the idea of pipe smoking, or you didn't see the Lord of the Rings and go, I'm going to be a Hobbit. Oh no, not at all. But uh, I tell you what, YouTube is the whole reason why I started making the pipes, though. Yeah, so but I'm interested. Uh, how did did I mean? Did you teach yourself how to smoke a pipe, and or <laughs> or did you burn your face off and set it down for a while? Yeah, I did all those things. Yeah, I had to teach myself how to do everything wrong, and then, uh, but I I just kept on trying, and I just you know stuffed it and puffed it. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, but you but you also. Yeah, you you also smoke cigarettes and maybe you know i i haven't talked about this on the on the podcast per se but you know i i used to smoke cigarettes every day and it was it it's a different experience and maybe you can kind of describe the difference between a pipe and a cigarette for in your opinion well i never think about having a pipe unless i'm totally all just enjoying my walk or something but with a cigarette i'm thinking about it right after i put one out so one just seems to be addictive and the other seems to be pure enjoyment and that's what i like about the pipes for sure yeah all right so makes perfect sense i mean except there were there were times when i would you know i'd think dang i I wish this cigarette tasted like the pipe did Uh, (laughs) yeah right uh, yeah but thankfully, you know, for me at least, the cigarettes got so bad tasting. It was it was easy to put them down. Well, when I say easy, I didn't harm anybody in the first six months. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah. I've put them down for many times, many years, many different times, but they're still with me right now. Even yeah. All yeah, right, they're a tough one. So you got your your first pipe is was a Missouri Meerschaum. Your second, your first tobacco was a Carter Hall. When did you? Uh, yeah, when 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 was the second pipe? Oh boy, probably in uh, I got a good pipe probably back in 2011, which was a Savinelli I got online for like 60 bucks, and I still have that pipe. But that's the only uh, pipe I have pretty much that I bought. The rest I pretty much uh, made myself. 
I got to ask you, is this a Wisconsin thing? Because everybody that I know from Wisconsin either lives in Milwaukee or lives outside of Milwaukee and makes everything for themselves. Yeah, I think we do. We have a lot of time in the winter. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll stop picking on Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> oh, go ahead. <laughs> All right, let, let's talk about the pipe making. So what gave you the urge? Was it you just didn't want to buy a pipe? Um, actually, uh, I needed something creative to do because, uh, let's see, near 2000 when my boy was born, I, I just had – my mind was blown when I seen him. and So I just knew I had to do something different in life. So built a house with my father and I and family and friends and became an at-home dad. And after a while, learning how to do chores and things, I needed some creative outlook, or, you know, a creative outlet that I could do myself. And I stumbled upon that on YouTube. And and pipe making is a lot more, uh, it's a lot quieter than, than, uh, than playing bass in a band. Yeah, that is so true. But uh, at least when you're playing bass on stage, it's just you and the you know and the other musicians. <laughs> but uh, for the longest time, I was a tattoo artist for ten years, so I was one on one with people doing what they wanted, and you know this was different. All right, so I'm beginning to really hate you uh, because <laughs> you can you can make your own pipes. You're an artist and a musician, and you built your own house. Uh, yes. And, and I'm pretty sure you probably do your own car repairs, too. No. Oh, I mean, good. The only thing I know, yeah, the only thing I know about cars is what I had to fix on my truck, because if something broke, I figured out what that was. But as far as that, I need something to break again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you, so you are somewhat human. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the, the pipe making and you, what'd you do? Just go on YouTube and start watching videos? Yeah, I, I accidentally stumbled across it. I wanted to buy some tobacco, and next thing you know, um, I ran into uh, Jeff Allen's, um, J. Allen Pipes, Jeff Grasick's yeah. website of him uh, showing people how to make uh, pipes, and I just fell right for it, just full on, nonstop, and I'm compulsive about things I start, so yeah, that started the ball real fast. So, I mean, what what was it? The was there something in particular that grabbed you about pipe making? Was it just the idea of you know here's a here's a chunk of wood and I get to do all this stuff to it to see what's in it? That and the whole idea that I get to learn something completely new and it was three dimensional. For a change, I didn't have to worry about shadows and light and yeah, it was something new and that sparked my interest. Yeah, I guess that is, you know, part of the, uh, you know, one of the things that I admire most about a tattoo artist is their ability to create depth in a two-dimensional item. Uh, yeah. So now you get to work in the third dimension on a pipe, and I guess if you, you know, if you're carving away at the pipe and screw up, you don't have to, you know, you don't hear them scream <laughs> at you. Yeah, no apologies needed. Yes. Yeah, all right, so what'd you, what'd you do to get started? in pipe making yeah yeah what what was the what was the first step that you uh, that, that you didn't to get started in pipe making well i chop a lot of trees down here if the beaver girdles them so i had a nice cherry tree that had to get, get cut down and i kill in the block of wood and i had a piece of wood right there and so i just walked it to a sanding wheel and I tried to replicate what I saw on YouTube as best as I could because I've never seen an artisan pipe till the 20, wow, this year at the Chicago show. So I was just winging it. But, yeah, I made a pipe and it worked. I was, I, yeah. <laughs> All right, so while I pick my job off the floor because you just winged it, uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk more pipe making, and then we'll get back into some music, and we'll just goof around. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. Since 1990, Cornell & Deal has been producing high-quality pipe tobacco, expertly blended by hand using time-honored methods, unique recipes, and no small amount of innovation. 
One example of such innovation is our bestseller, Autumn Evening. We start with whole leaf red Virginia and strip the stems by hand. The tobacco is then cut into ribbons and cooked for two days according to our unique recipe to create our special Red Virginia Cavendish. Then we infuse the tobacco while it's still hot with our secret flavoring to achieve the sublime sweetness, deep flavor, and delightful aroma that makes Autumn Evening so well loved by our loyal customers and everyone around them as they enjoy this very special blend. Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. It's a labor of love. Contact your local or online retailer for information. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with Brad Kanak. And uh, for those of you that don't know, Kanak is K-N-A-A-C-K. So you can find Brad on Facebook and there's pictures of pipes there. Uh, All right. So let's talk about this. So the first pipe you made was out of a piece of cherry wood. When did you start experimenting with briar? Oh, boy. Uh, It must have been probably the same year and uh 2011 i believe and i ordered a few blocks of briar and when i got it i was scared of it and let it sit on the shelf for a bit (laughs) but the day i took a sanding wheel to it and saw the grain and the bird's eye oh yeah that was new all hooked in huh oh yeah that the sky was the limit then and i don't really know how to even incorporate it correctly yet but i try and oh that's the fun do you like bird's eye more than straight grain or vice versa, or is it a combination of both? I love both sides of it, the whole thing. Yeah, everything about it. It just it fascinates me how tight that grain can be. And uh, how much fun it can be to to try to stare at it for a while without your eyes going buggy. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's been done. All right. <laughs> Uh, when you got started, when you're getting started, what was the hardest part of pipe making for you to get a handle on? Was there a certain part of the process that tripped you up more often or just a, an idea that was kind of missing? It, it has to be drilling. I didn't quite have the right tools. So drilling the pipe was always a mystery. I was getting closer and closer to something I thought was nice enough to maybe give to someone. But uh, once that just fell into place, just like that, just boom, then everything changed. So, yeah, drilling was a tough part until I got a really nice spoon bit and things like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the right tools really will help. And, uh, you know, of course, you're you're raising a family and, you know, money doesn't grow on cherry trees in the backyard. So, uh, yeah, you kind of did. You kind of grow your equipment slowly as you could uh, as you could squeeze money out of the budget. Yes, uh, that would be my wife's budget. Yeah, yeah, she bought me a jet mini lathe, and oh boy, that was a, a very very scary tool at first, and now it's my favorite thing. <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah, so uh, yeah, I slowly but surely got the equipment and. Uh, yeah, every bit of money I had, it goes right back into it, it seems. Well, I mean, it's kind of upside down if you think about it, where at the beginning you're spending all this money on equipment and you can't you, know, you can't really sell those pipes or you don't really want to. And then when you finally can, <laughs> you're, you know, you're, you're still buying more equipment and more wood. And then you're at the same time, you're selling the pipes for very little and uh yeah so somewhere oh, yeah. down somewhere down the road hopefully the pyramid equals out and you're actually like able to uh you know pay for that equipment that you bought oh exactly and um i finally was able to pay my wife back all the money i owed her after the show in columbus that was my first show to show any pipes i made and that was a nice feeling Peter, Peter back everything. <laughs> so, so now that you're on the dead even, is there is there a shape that's still you know that you're still working on and that you're not real happy with? Oh yeah, plenty of those. But uh, <laughs> um, I have still have yet to put a perfect billiard out there. I mean, a little bit here and there. But my favorite types of shapes are a bit amorphous. I love squash tomatoes, bent eggs brandies 
those are my favorite shapes that I just love those. So for for a metalhead who likes you know fairly uh, fairly aggressive music, you're talking about some fairly soft and you know curvy and delicate kind of shapes. Oh yeah, that sounds like me pretty much. Uh, <laughs> I think the I think the music is my outlet for any type of of aggression or stress that might build up. But during most of the day, it's pretty uh, pretty relaxed and you know building pipes that puts me in. Oh, such a place it's meditative i guess is is your favorite part of the process when you when you kind of start to see the shape and the grain coming out yeah that's part of it but my absolute favorite part of pipe making is stem work all right you're a freak compared <laughs> that's what i've been told yeah. everyone that i say that to just the whole room shuts up it's crazy uh, yeah but that is my favorite spot part there's no machines running it's quiet i can listen to books on tape it's just me and my hand tools no machines i like that so you're doing all the you're doing all the stem work with hand files and sanding paper yes yes and it's a joy and how long does it take you to to do a stem from start to finish well, since I am definitely a beginner, I've only really been making pipes for two years, so I'd say probably a good f- four to six hours if I want something beautiful. Wow! So that that's the that's cutting you know cutting the stem down and then shaping it and then doing the filing on the inside and the outside and polishing and. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, and um, I have a tendency to be overcritical of myself, so I keep bringing it back and taking off some more material and until i gotta stop you know (laughs) yeah you either have to stop or you're gonna end up with just a metal tube coming out all right yeah and i and i've run right through the airway many times when i first started and boy wow yeah i i know (laughs) pipe makers that have drilled the draft hole all the way through the bowl and out the other side so (laughs) yeah that happens you know (laughs) we get carried away sometimes in our calm yeah. Yeah, and I and I'm looking through some of your some of your pipe pictures on Facebook and I mean there's some there's some style, angles, colors. Uh there's a a a, a big nose warmer, I guess you call that a and that stem <laughs> looks like it's got to be a nightmare to cut. Um that was a one that was a fun one. Yeah, that was just a joy to do. Yeah. Yeah, the, in fact, I think the harder they are, the more I enjoy doing it because then I get to um, I get to push myself, learn something, and then you know I can cut myself down a little bit too later in the night and do it again. So for because this is audio and nobody can see what I'm looking at, uh, this pipe in particular looks like it's just a it it's a real stubby compact piece of wood with a with. Uh, is that kind of like a push stem going into it and then the big wide flare right by the shank? Um, if it's the one I'm thinking about, uh, that would probably be um, an acrylic addition to the briar itself, and then um, the stem goes, it hides itself within that addition. So, but yeah. I'm looking at the flare that you've got on that stem. You did that by hand too? Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, I, I have a little tag lathe, a jeweler's lathe that I can do a lot of get the stem started with. But then from there, it's files and sandpaper all the way. Wow. Uh, and you mentioned books on tape, so no music while you're in the workshop? Oh, no, that happens, too. It depends. If I'm on, if I'm shaping a pipe, I have some of the loudest music you could ever imagine. You can hear it probably by the road. <laughs> so the, oh yeah so the neighbors know oh, bradley's at work oh yeah and they've heard us have band rehearsals that time so they're used to it but they live a little bit away we got some land so that's nice now when you were doing tattoos uh was there a i don't know do, does a tattoo artist kind of specialize in a certain style or do they do whatever walks in the door Nowadays, I think the um, the new up-and-coming tattoo artists are amazing, and they're doing pretty much their style, and people come to them for that. But when I was tattooing back in the 90s, it was pretty much people would come in and tell me what they wanted, and 
I would either have to draw it or they'd pick something. That's pretty much how we made a lot of our money to keep open walk-ins and such. Yeah, and then I'm sure you've had some people that have come in and wanted something pretty stupid. Yeah, to each their own, but I have a lot of stupid on me, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, see I, I prefer to keep my stupid tucked firmly between my ears where no one can see yeah. it. Well, I had to learn on someone, so I learned on myself. And, boy, talk about scars. Yeah. I don't even want to. All right, never mind. I don't want to think about having a tattoo myself. Yeah, because you know it's coming. You know you're going to feel it the moment you keep going. Oh, yeah. It, it's an event. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so back to pipes. Uh, where do your pipes start out at price-wise now before you get rich and famous and the prices go up? <laughs> oh, boy. Well, we'll see about that rich and famous thing. But uh, right now my pipes are about 100 to 150 for now. Hopefully that's a fair price. That's what I'd pay for them. And I mainly make pipes just for myself, but uh, my wife said it was time that uh, I should sell some. <laughs> time for you. You can't just be a stay-at-home dad full-time. you got to do something oh. to make some money. Oh, yeah, well, that's true. And my boy just goes dropped off at college on Sunday, and he's the whole reason I started being an at-home dad. And my daughter, she's 16, so soon, you know, I can't use this excuse as a stay-at-home dad much further. No, now it's time to yeah. Maybe we can maybe we can get you making uh, three four pipes a week and selling three or four pipes a week. That would be ideal, wouldn't it? Yeah, because I hate to tell you this, but uh, you know, uh, if you think college is expensive, yeah, you got a daughter coming up. Wait until you start having weddings to pay for. Oh, let's not think. Oh, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> it's going to be an exciting walk for life, but boy, oh boy, the time's going by so fast, you know, it's fleeting. So, yeah, that's coming up soon. I mean, so is is the goal for you now, you did your, Columbus was your first pipe show. Uh, is your goal now to make pipes full time and, you know, in amongst all the family stuff? I would love to be making pipes full-time, but I also know that that's going to pay pretty much just to keep me making pipes full-time. So I will I may need to join a few more bands. <laughs> yeah, But pipes is my true love. There's just something about being in the shop. Just right now, sitting here looking around makes me want to do something. Uh, yeah, I, I can... Uh, well, uh, my garage is a bit of a mess right now, and every time I think about doing some cleaning some pipes in the garage i'm like yeah shit i gotta clean the garage first that's no fun <laughs> oh i know it yeah clean workstation gives the ideas you know a place to begin for sure but it's always a mess after i make a pipe this place is a disaster <laughs> so what was your what was your impression of the columbus show being you know being your first time showing pipes and and being out at a pipe show well I went to the Chicago show in 2000, well, this year, and uh, that okay. was the first time I ever held another pipe made by someone, and I was kind of going in shock. I was having a hard time making words work. <laughs> I was overwhelmed, and uh, I met some nice people, nice makers, and they told me maybe I should think about doing the NASPC, so yes, I decided I should, and man... That was quite the experience. There are some of the nicest people I met in this industry. Unreal. Yeah, it is. I, you know, the main reason I went to Columbus this year was just to visit with friends and be with people that I love. And, and you, it, it, that part of this gets really addictive. Yeah, I bet it does because I had most fun just hanging out after the show with other people. And you were able to actually sell pipes at your first pipe show that you showed at. Yeah, I was quite surprised. I mean, I had a markdown pretty low just so I could sell a few to show my wife that this is something I can actually do, sell something. And so, yeah, I sold almost all my pipes, which I was quite uh, I was blown away by that. Well, they were good enough for me to grab your card and want to have you on the show. So, uh, 
Yeah, my there's my there's my endorsement. Check out Brad's pipes on Facebook. Brad, where else can we? You have any place else where your pipes are? Uh, yeah, where people can see them. Yeah, just on Facebook, Bradley K Pipes, and uh, my own Facebook page, Brad Kanak. That's it so far. There you go. And we will uh, wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. What is your favorite pipe? Uh, probably the one I'm looking at right now. It's uh, I, I made it out of a cherry tree that was girdled by a beaver this year, and I kill in the wood, and and it's not briar but for some odd reason this thing is just beautiful to me and you know it comes from the property so it has some sentimental value it's like a bent brandy sort of shape homegrown and homemade yeah there you go uh what is your favorite tobacco oh that'd have to be uh blue mountain which they call balkan blue now I believe, and Old Joe Krantz. Those are my two favorites. Well, you got you got a chance to buy one of them at least. So, yes, and I have plenty, so I'm I got a storage. Don't tell anybody where you live. That's uh, right. <laughs> what is your favorite drink? Bourbon and coffee. In separate glasses, right? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Movie, because I'm with the family. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, no thrasher metal movies with the family. Uh, not really. No. My daughter's quite a bass player, so um, she she listens to a lot. I do, but yeah, mostly movies. It's a good time to sit back and have a drink, you know. And the final question is, do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory that we haven't talked about? Just driving home from that liquor store with my corn cob pipe and my Carter hole and my 79 Ford F-150. I miss that truck, but I will never forget that day. (laughs) the, The day that turned your life around. Pretty much, yes. And then finally, because you are a musician... Uh, do you, you sent me a piece of music, you go ahead and introduce us and tell us what it is now and then we'll, uh, we'll play it after the commercial. So, well, I, uh, a bunch of friends and I, we decided to play music we enjoyed growing up with. So we're putting together a Metallica tribute band for fun. And this was our second rehearsal with a new song we learned called through the never. And, uh, yeah, it's not perfect, but second time, not bad. But this is actually you on bass, and uh, we, get yes, to, it, we get to hear you making music after talking about you making pipes. Yes, I guess so. Brad, thanks for coming on, and uh, keep up the good work. Hey, thank you, Brian. I hope you have a great night. We'll be back in just a minute. Meet Aaron, one of the most important people at SmokingPipes.com. In our shipping department, he's one of the cogs in the highly efficient wheel, if you will, that's responsible for making sure your order goes out right every time. Ain't that right, Aaron? I don't know all about that cog and the wheel stuff, but I do know at SmokingPipes.com, I take my work very seriously. Pulling tents of tobacco, weighing bulk tobacco, triple checking orders, and getting them out the door. Since it's so easy to order from SmokingPipes.com, you're keeping Aaron pretty darn busy. Look at him go, go, go. <laughs> In fact, it's been a challenge to get him to stop long enough to say hello. But Aaron doesn't mind. He loves his job at smokingpipes.com. Why is that, Aaron? Because I don't just ship pipes. I smoke them. Gotta run. <laughs> just log on to smokingpipes.com or call us at 1-888-366-0345. We are quality. We are experts. We are smokingpipes.com. internet radio and we are back on the pipes magazine radio show and for music well you already heard about it this is uh brad's cover band doing a metallica song that i can't remember the name of but here it is
That was only their second run through on that. <laughs> Can't wait to see what it sounds like when they get their act together. You've got some mail. Got a, a lot of good stuff in the mailbag, including comments apparently about driving and smoking. And uh, David writes, uh, you lost me at driving with your knees. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll sometimes prop one knee up and hold the wheel. Uh, and then he says, I changed my air conditioner to outside flow instead of circulating, uh, which is good advice. Yeah, you, if you get the fresh air coming in the vents and coming in the air conditioner and crack a window, that helps push the smoke out even further. Uh, and then Dan Locklear writes, I've enjoyed Alan Schwartz's recollections, which remind me, uh, which remind us all why long-term experience is so valuable in any profession. Uh, a fact sadly overlooked by many youth of our day to where the shallowness of a phone is often deemed as far more important. Uh, then he also goes on to write, Your comments on auto-smoking are at the heart of one of the reasons that I love Julius Vez's raindrop shapes. Uh, my car thankfully does not have airbags, but Paula's does. So when driving hers, I always try to smoke a curved pipe, especially a Julius Vez raindrop shape. Uh, even then, though, I try and handhold as much as possible. Yeah, so there's another option while you're driving a car that, you know, you could, uh, yeah, you could you get a really good bent pipe going. Uh, then he also writes, uh, from several weeks back, I wanted to point out that pipes have long been a mainstay of Christian theologian, theologians, 
with a more liberal leaning. The most obvious example that comes to mind is the great theologian, humanitarian, and musician Albert Schweitzer. Uh, He was often pictured with a pipe. Uh, Carl Jung, although thought of more as a psychiatrist and psychologist, was also keenly interested in theology, and his work influenced a number of theologians. And uh, Edmund Steinle, whom I also knew was one of the 20th century's most renowned Lutheran preachers. So there you go. You know, pipe smoking and uh, and higher thought go hand in hand. Uh, And then going back uh, also again, uh, where was it? Uh, Russ Wallet wrote in. Alan is a true gentleman. Uh, We had a few events in the old brick and mortar that Alan attended, and they were wonderful experiences. Uh, I was at Sutliff working out details for having some of the H&H tobaccos made by them. Alan and his wife were there also to create additions for the Wessex brand. Paul Creasy took us all to lunch, and it was one of the best conversations I can remember. Yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, Crash the Gray says, I always smoke in my car, though I'm guilty of clenching a bit much. I'm, uh, I'm not typically in traffic, though. I really enjoyed the more juicy details in this portion of the summer series. The music was fantastic. You know what would be nice? Uh, some record of the music so I don't have to go back and listen when I can write down the artist. Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, that was a great song. Thanks for another great show. Uh, maybe someday somebody will make a Spotify playlist of all these. That would be nice. Uh, speaking of the music from last week, I got a, a message from Andre, who helped me with the uh, pronunciation of the band's name. Brobdignagian. That is how it is pronounced, sir. Nice guys. I've seen them perform a few times. The Brobdignagian Bards. So a big uh, thank you to Andre for sending that to me via Facebook Messenger. And if you're not following me on Facebook, it's my name, Brian Levine. Uh, Casey Ghost says, uh, the only pipe I smoke while driving is a cigar. <laughs> That's not a pipe. You're cheating. Then he goes on to write, the only person who gets in the car besides me is my wife, and she prefers cigar smoke to pipe smoke. Yeah, go figure. Uh, She's a cigarette smoker, so maybe that's why. Alan Schwartz continues his very funny stories. The the one of the general objecting to trombones was classic. Sometimes a general's desires for everything being alike can get pretty comical unless you're involved. Uh, Brobdignagians were the giants in Gulliver's Travel. Music was pleasant. Well, there we go. We're, we're, We're getting more and more educated here. Uh, and then finally, Down Home Smoker says, Lately I had been thinking about how I probably shouldn't clench my pipe my whole commute to work, so it's amusing that you'd bring that up. Alan impressed me yet again. Uh, being somewhat the, uh, being someone that likes to sing old Irish and Scottish pub songs, I thoroughly enjoyed the music this week. Pleasant Smokes. Yeah, so it's uh, Brob Dignaghi and Bards, and uh, there's more stuff of theirs on, uh, on Spotify for you. And uh, with my uh, with my other part of my life, uh, listen, if you're thinking about going to uh, Walt Disney World or Disneyland, let me know. We've got some uh, special rates coming up in uh, well, coming up in the spring and uh, early January, and we've got some special cruise deals coming up. So you can either email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com, or brian.levine at mei-travel.com or send me a message on Facebook or, uh, you know, I don't know, just walk up and say hello to me. And again, don't forget, come by and see me at the Kansas City Pipe Show and just tell me uh, I love the Pipes Magazine radio show and we've got a free gift for you. And now for my friends in Canada, I got this email and I'm bringing it up now, but apparently... The Canadian government is going crazy again. Uh, and where did I hide that article? Here it is. It's, uh, it says, Hey, Brian, I have a favor to ask. Since you reached so many Canadian listeners in a, weekly, uh, in a weekly notice, I was wondering if you could possibly speak on Bill S-5 that the Canadian government is trying to pass. Now, if this bill is, if this bill is passed, 
It will eliminate over 50% of the premium tobaccos, whether it's cigars or worse, pipe tobacco, to the point in which brands will pull out of Canada, which in turn will wreck the pipe community here. I'd really appreciate if you could say something in your podcast regarding bettercigarplan.ca, B-E-T-T-E-R, cigarplan.ca, which is a take action a take action website where you can write your local MP uh, for those of us in America MP means member of parliament and make your voice heard if you can do this and want more information let me know and I'll gladly help uh, and that is uh, that, that again that's you know one of those things uh, that's going on in Canada and Nate Rose is a uh, pipe maker up there and yeah, the the Canadians don't have it tough enough. They've got huge taxes on top of restrictive flavor bans and on top of uh, yeah, just cold weather, and you can't smoke anywhere inside the state of Canada or the country of Canada. So if you're in Canada, make sure and check out the website bettercigarplan.ca. Get signed up there and let your MPs know. All right, in just a moment, instead of a rant or a rave... Well, we'll have the same music, but it'll just be a message. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. This episode that you're listening to is uh, number 313. So what does that mean? Well, it means that we've completed six full years of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yeah. Six times 52 is 312. So now we're into year seven. Uh, and most importantly for me, what it means is, you know, when, when Kevin and I first started this, I don't think either of us thought it was going to go this long. We All we wanted to do is get through the first year and see what happened. Well, you know, thanks to you all for uh, sticking around and, uh, and listening to this every week and for the downloads and the comments. We really appreciate that. Uh, you know, to all the sponsors of the past, you know, that's the reason why all 300 and now 13 episodes are up there and available and for free. So thank you to all of them and to our current sponsors, uh, SmokingPipes.com, Cornell and Deal, Savinelli, and Missouri Meersham. You know, it's a big reason why that's, you know, this is this show just keeps coming out and we can keep doing it and keeping them up there for free. But most importantly, you know what, this is this has been except for my except for my kids and my family. This has been the longest this has been the longest venture I've been a part of uh, six full years now of meeting people all around the world because of this little radio show and uh, making friends all around the world and all around the pipe hobby people that I would have never got to meet I mean just uh, just 10 days ago Peter Field was in from Oregon and we got to hang out for three hours and it's like we'd met each other a hundred years ago but we'd actually never seen each other in person uh, you know meeting uh, Kyle from South Carolina coming up here and hanging out at McCraney's so you know, again, thank you to all of you for uh, putting up with this and dealing with this. And, uh, you know, sometimes thanks to Kevin for dealing with my uh, artistic temperament sometimes, which is not always the best. But, hey, we're going to keep this thing going for you. Uh, I do want to, again, thank you all for tuning in. Thanks to Brad for joining me. And until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just 
Sing a song and think about sunny weather. When you're when you're telling these little stories, here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. <laughs>